Welcome to episode number 73 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your host Deepa, author, functional nutritionist and yogini. And if you've been following me for some time, then you absolutely know that I'm fascinated with dreams. Nicolene Dawasisima is a Dutch sleep enthusiast and dream expert. She's on a mission to show everyone that sleep is an active state of productive thinking. Nicolene consults with entrepreneurs and helps them find ways to turn sleep into inspiration. She's now come full circle and helps people find creative solutions in their business while they sleep. Her approach is focused on using dreaming, one of the most active times in the brain, as a brainstorming tool. Since beginning her work on dreams over 15 years ago, Nicolina has co-authored a book in Dutch which teaches people to interpret their own dreams and has been and continues to be featured on radio, podcast, print, television, both Dutch and English, promoting the power of intentional dreaming. Dreams will never stop being magical until the end of time. Did you ever wonder why you wake up suddenly with the most amazing idea? Dreams are a space where creativity is heightened and can be harnessed. Listen to this enlightening episode on how you can do that with practical ways to support dreaming. Recall your dreams and get the best out of your dream experience. Dreams can also be a space where you can move past anxious experiences and understand what is buried deep within your subconscious mind. Ever wonder that you're not creative? Think again. And I hope you've been listening to all the guided meditations. There's so many of them now. The Butterfly Within the Chrysalis, Moon and the Ocean, The Sacred Feminine, The Lavender Light, Journey to the Womb and they've been getting daily downloads. Take a listen if you've missed them already or make sure you play them every single night to help your mind relax and flow like the ocean. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your host Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Nicolene, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm really looking forward to doing this with you. And as I spoke to you, I've got this entire series planned around dreams. So it was exciting to have you. You know, the third episode, which uh, is about dream. And today we are speaking specifically about creativity and problem solving, which sounded so immensely magical to me to use dreams as a space to uh, 
brainstorm and we're going to jump into all of that. But you're a sleep enthusiast and a dream expert. Uh, and um, your approach focuses on dreaming a little differently and using the more active times in the brain as a uh, brainstorming uh, tool almost and so just tell us a little bit about what got you into the space of dreaming because it's I think for me a really fascinating area which seems as if it's still uh, untapped to a large extent. Oh, I love that you say that. I'm very happy to be here, Deepa, because that is exactly it, the untapped uh, part of it. That's all I want to talk about, how to tap into that. So first of all, you asked me how I started. Uh, the thing is that I love to sleep. I'm just, I thought I, I was a lazy person. I love to sleep in. I, I like my bed. I like to, uh, you know, I just, I, I always like the weekend, you know, <laughs> you don't have to go to school or work. And everybody kept talking about that as though when you're asleep, you're just not doing anything. So you should wake up and start doing things to make the most of your life. And that, um, but the more I researched sleep and dreams and what the brain is actually doing at night, the more I realized that sleeping is a very active state of being. Like you burn tons of calories when you're asleep, but your brain is so active. And that is the thing that got me super excited. I mean, I always, I sleep a lot. So I always dreamed a lot as well. But this idea that you can really work and think while you're asleep that was mind-blowing to me, but it also explains why you sometimes wake up with a good idea. So that is 100% what I want to tap into. I want to tell you how I do that. I want to tell you what the research is behind it and how I, how I discovered this. And I also kind of want to be like, hey, people don't know about this, but you can use that because how effective is it if you can both sleep and work at the same time and you don't have enough to do anything for it? Because all you have to do is wake up rested. That got me over that feeling that I'm lazy. Because I thought, hey, I'm doing the thing that I love. And I'm actually being really productive about it. And you know, Nicolene, when you just spoke about that, my mind instantly went to feeling almost a sense of gratification. Because I always have these amazing ideas when I've just woken up from a dream and it's almost like eureka moments which has directed so many things in my life and now it appears as if you're just codifying that for me which makes so much sense. Um, but just let's first talk about what do our brains really do when we are dreaming? What's actually happening within our brain? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Because um, have you ever heard someone say to a child, oh, it's just a dream, don't worry about it. I get where that's coming from. But actually, I've stopped saying that. Because um, now, first of all, when I grew up um, in the 70s and 80s, um, it was very common to say that when you fall asleep, your brain sort of simmers down, basically on the back burner. And then when you wake up again, your brain starts up again and starts working. That is not true. That's not even a little bit true. The fact is that our brains never shut down. And um, very interesting research on this was done about 20 years ago, a little bit more. Um, and the research was very simple. They put people into an MRI machine, an fMRI machine, which was like new at the time. 
and just see little tasks. What part of the brain seems active when you, for instance, I don't know, lift up your left leg. I'm just making it up. But you know, tasks like that. What part of the brain is active when you do math? What part of the brain is active when you look at things? It's very interesting when you have a machine that can follow the blood flow of what part of the brain gets a lot more blood and therefore is probably active. So what they noticed was that every time in between tasks, when the test subjects had nothing to do but stare at an empty machine that was super uninteresting and they were waiting for their next task, that's when the brain showed the most activity. And they were baffled by it because they thought, but we're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there. You're not even thinking about anything in particular. How is your brain so active? Uh, the word they come up with is the default mode network, as in, oh, that's just what the brain does by itself. But that has started some really interesting research because what does our brain do when we're not thinking, oh, I have to do this now? What does the brain do when we're not focusing on a thing? It's almost like our brains say, when well, we're not focusing, we're sitting with a cup of tea, staring into nothing. We're in an MRI machine doing nothing, or if we're falling asleep, it's almost like that's when the brain goes, oh, finally, everybody shut up. I get the time to do some work now. And that's why probably when you do something that's completely relaxing, you don't have to think about it, like going for a walk or doing the dishes, you're not focusing on anything really, but your brain is. And that's usually when good ideas pop up. It's not when you sit down with like your pen and paper and I have to think of something now and it has to be brilliant. Never going to work. So the whole idea to get your brain really working is actually resting. Like if you skip that out of your life, a part of your thinking time is gone and you need that. And that's when I got really exciting because sleep is the longest time you get to do that. It's the most uninterrupted. And when you look at the brain scans of people that are asleep, no matter what scanner you use, you see so much activity. I can say a lot about it. Now your question was, what is dreaming? That is a question that researchers are debating right now, like really harsh because if you have like a whole night of sleep with all of that activity and you do all these kinds of different things, what are you doing? Is it just processing today? Sure, yeah, because if you don't let people dream, then they have a hard time processing new memories. So apparently that's important. But is it just that? No, because if people have processed the day, you also see the brain making new neural connections. So it's also like sort of playing with that information, making into something new. So is it then brainstorm? Yes, but also no, because... There's so much more that people do. Sometimes people care about loved ones and dream about that. Or sometimes people come up with something completely different that has nothing to do with themselves. And sometimes they're really thinking about themselves. And it, so this answer, what is it, seems to have the answer as it is not one thing. It's more of a state of being in which we can do a lot of things. Almost like thinking in the day. It's a state of being where we can do a lot of things with our minds. So it's more of like, what are you going to do with it? You know, how are you going to use it? You're doing it. You can't help that. But can you do it more? It's like with thinking in the day. You're going to do it. Like you can't shut off your brain. 
but are you going to do it effectively to make yourself happy? Um, are you going to learn things? Are you going to be emotionally involved? All of these things apply to dreaming as well. There is a researcher called um, Ernst Hartmann. He died now, but he said he was the first person to say consciousness. It's not an off and on switch. We're always conscious at some level. It's more like a sliding scale. And there's a Harvard researcher called Deirdre Barrett. I also like her work very much. She said, thinking is not an off and on switch. We're just doing that night and day, always at some level. It's more like mentation, you know, the, the process of thinking has so many different levels. So basically you could say dreaming is sleep mentation, is what she said. Like thinking in your sleep, I thought that I like. That's mind-blowing, Nicoline. Everything that you said really, I mean, it resonates that we have, um, you know, in ancient Eastern wisdom, there is this uh, belief that in your dreams, it's your subconscious speaking to the conscious and you can get so many things, so many answers, so many things that are very deep inside you. But you mentioned something which was very strange to me. So I want to ask you that. How did the idea of Google come from a dream? And that was, I've, I've been curious ever since you mentioned this to me. Mm, yeah, I like that. Actually, this is a great illustration of what you just said about connecting the unconscious and the, and the conscious. Now, just to backtrack a little bit about that, that idea of conscious and unconscious, that's sort of a metaphor. It's a frame of thinking about our brains that started in the 19th century, where I was like, okay, you have, I am thinking now, that's what people usually call the conscious, and you have a whole lot of processes that's behind that that we usually don't even know about. That is the thinking that happens with our emotions and our feelings and our just processes in basically that default mode network, what we were talking about, but on a soul level, basically. This idea that there's a whole lot going on inside of you that you can't um, always access with a to-do list or a pro and con list or a, I'm gonna think. I know who I am. There's a whole lot more to discover about yourself. So knowing that is really interesting when you get all that active consciousness and all of that subconscious connected. And the story of Google is one of the most fun illustrations about that. Now, I've, of course, not talked to the inventor of Google, Larry Page, myself, because I'm not that famous. But what I've heard him say in interviews was this. Um, that he, as a student, was a little bit worried about his test exams because he realized that the results were just on this one university server. And that got him nervous. Nervousness is a great brain starter because that means you care about something. That means you're probably going to dream about it. And he did. And he had a dream where he dreamt, what if we could make it so that I could, on my computer just download the entire internet. So then I have it always. Now, as a student in the 90s, he thought that was a brilliant idea. And his professors very slowly eased him into the fact of, you know what, gonna try it. Maybe you can't download the entire internet on your own computer. He figured that out pretty quickly. But that stress dream, plus that crazy dream of I can download the entire internet, of course you can't, is usually where people stop because it seems like a stupid dream, 
it's not real, you can't. So you don't connect it to any real thinking. Larry Page did not stop. He said, okay, let's try it. Okay, you can't. But then what? Is there a way to make sure that from your own computer, you could still access the entire internet really fast? Like basically have that information always. That's when he came up with building a better search engine. So it takes a few steps for that sort of connection between uh-huh. what was living inside of him, I want always access to everything, to the end result of, you know what, I found a way to do that. Wow. I mean, that's just awesome. And what you mentioned about nervousness and how nervousness triggers brain activity. And it's, uh, uh, I think that takes so much pressure off so many people because you're always worried about what you're nervous about. You're always worried about what gets you anxious. You're trying your best to suppress that. But instead, what if that could lead to something greater? Uh, and that just takes even the pressure off of sleep because anxiety is a big reason for why someone won't sleep. But why not use that as a vehicle to work something greater, some deeper insight? I mean, that just sounds phenomenal. Um, and speaking of that, is there a way that I can actually intentionally get that inspiration from my dream? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on uh, the fun thing is that I love to read scientific research. I'm not a researcher myself, but I love that other people spend their time at universities to really figure it out and take it apart so that I can read that and then tell you how to use it. You know, um, there's a few, there's actually two really important things that I always use. Um, first is the Larry Page example where it's so easy to stop in the morning and to think, oh, that was such a silly dream and that makes no sense and then just stop all of your thinking about it um, without even reviewing it or seeing if it was maybe, okay, maybe it doesn't seem to make sense, but the underlying feeling does. Like for example, trying to find an example, let's say someone dreamt about um, being very anxious of not wanting to go into the water. Now, that could be a stress dream for someone who doesn't just, you know, a dream where someone makes you do something and you don't want it can be really stressful. But it could also be interesting to look at what exactly is happening. Like, who is trying to pull you in? Is it like your boyfriend or is it your friends that are trying to be like, oh, come on, it'll be fun. Or is it your mom that's like, oh, you have to do this. Look at the action, like, and then think, what does that remind me of? Because that's usually, if you start looking, not just at the narrative, of course, no one tried to push you into the water yesterday, but just at the feeling behind it. And at how did I feel? What did people do with, with inter, in interaction with me? And does that remind me of something in my life? It's sometimes pretty easy to connect it. Not always. Not saying all dreams are about yourself. It's not like you're turned into the selfish person the minute you fall asleep that can only think about themselves now. But sometimes if it's really impactful, it can be a conversation starter with yourself to think about something a little bit further. And then usually when I do with people, when I, when I found a connection, like, oh my gosh, yes, it is my mom. She's always trying to do that. Then I say, 
in that dream, what would you have needed? What would you like to change? Usually people come up with a unique solution that I would never have thought of. Sometimes a person says, well, I just need someone to help me make her see, make her see it. Someone said that, that to me. Sometimes people say, well, I just need to let her do it and then just quickly go out behind her back. It doesn't matter. But it matters that you're now thinking about a solution that you might be able to use in that situation that the dream connects to. This is an exercise. This isn't like, oh, now you have seen the light and now the, all the answers is there. But it's an interesting way to get, to get you thinking about a problem from a different angle or from another, like Larry Page used his idea from a dream to keep thinking on it, but in a different way. Instead of just being stressed, oh, what's going to happen to my results? He was now looking for a solution. And I love that our brains can do that at night, like process things, make us look at things from a different way. I think that has something to do with the fact that now this is neurology and I'm not like a neurologist, but what I've been told is that when we fall asleep or when we are starting to rest, even our neurotransmitter shifts a little bit. Whereas in the day, we think pretty logical, which is very necessary. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know how to find the supermarket. You have to be focused and think when this happens, then that happens, consequences, actions. But in dreams, the way our neurotransmitters shift is that the brain connections that are made are all over the place, super illogical. It's not from A to B, it's from A to F and then back and then all the other letters of the alphabet, for example. That's probably why dreams are so weird. But that is also why it's really easy to make a connection that you might not have come up with in the day. Does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Because it's sometimes and exactly that word you describe, sometimes you wonder that dream was so weird. It didn't have and it's like literally bits and pieces floating around. And I always think dreams as if I'm in Alice in Wonderland and I've gone down the rabbit hole because everything is so bizarre in those dreams. But that makes so much sense. And I think what you're also saying is perhaps that um, a somewhat suppressed creative side probably wakes up during the dream. And, you know, the first, those people who think that, hey, I'm not creative at all, I think I would say think again, because from what you're saying, it sounds as if there's this buried creative side within everybody. I love that. And I think you're so right. I also think that I've noticed in my life that when people say I'm not creative at all, they mean I can't draw or I can't paint, but they might come up with really funny jokes or really good ideas. And I think that's creative. I think every human is creative. We can't help it. Oh, I love that, Nicolene, that statement of that you can't help being creative. That's just beautiful because, you know, even... Uh, in ancient tradition, there's so much of a link between, you know, you hear about even research nowadays, slowly easing towards this connection between creativity and hormonal health or emotional health, uh, and how creativity can be a great tool to 
feel more balanced emotionally or have a better physiology of hormones. So, I mean, that's why, why are we not utilizing this untapped, unleashed space of dreams as a creative force to awaken that side of ourselves? I love that. Actually, that ha- that question, I think, has an answer. It's just because it doesn't look like you're doing anything where you're asleep. And we're just very visual humans, you know? It's like, well, you're not doing anything. You're just sitting yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but I'm coming up with the best idea I've ever had, which saves me five weeks of time if I would <laughs> just try to do that in the day. But it doesn't... I think we're very focused on outwardly, but that's probably just society as it is. And I notice that a change is happening in that attitude so much that people just start their day with meditation or just take more breaks because they know that it's good for our brains and for our productivity. And I feel that that's coming up more and more. And I'm very hopeful that at some point people will say, okay, you know what? We're not going to have an early morning brainstorm meeting. Instead, everybody go home, sleep on it, and give me your best ideas. <laughs> I love that, Nicolene. I really wish we could reach that space. But tell me a little bit about different kinds of dreams because, um, you know, there's so much of varied thoughts in the dream world. And I've asked so many people, uh, Is are there specific types of dreams or is it unique to each person so I'd love for you to share some light on shed some light on that yes um I get the question a lot so I'm really happy that you ask it um here's the thing it's not like there's a book with classifications of this is scientifically proven the different types of dreams we're not there but a lot of people ask me that because um of two things really First of all, sometimes when you hear people like me talk about dreams or when you read a book about dreams, it kind of seems like dreams are always about yourself. Like everything, I've heard it say sometimes that, you know, everything that you dream is supposed to stand for something about yourself. Um, When you talk about a person with a person a little longer, they're like, no, of course you can also dream about something, you know, that you just saw on TV that isn't about you at all, or dream about your friends because you just care about them and you know they're going through a hard time, then your friend doesn't represent yourself in the dream. I think it's interesting to look at um, how many different things we can do in our sleep that sometimes it's very creative. Just going to list off a few things. This is not the end of the the list, of course. Sometimes, so we talked about the creativity, which is my topic, really. Um, But there's also the dreams that can really give you so much insight about yourself, where you make this metaphor to just tell yourself something. But then there's the dreams that are not about you at all. A lot of people came to um, the International Association for the Study of Dreams after the September 11th um, disaster, because that is an organization that studies dreams and volunteers had opened a helpline and an email uh, address where you could send in the stress dreams that you had to help people with nightmares that they might have after the event in America. But what they noticed and they did not expect is that a lot of people said, my dream makes sense now. Because I dreamt about seeing that on TV, but I didn't understand it. And I thought it was about myself, that I had something destructive. Or they dreamt they were in the towers, or they dreamt in advance about it. 
um, I in that same category of dreaming about something that is still to happen. Um, when I wrote my book 10 years ago now, I interviewed a nurse and she said, every time one of my patients dies, I know it. I'm at home and I wake up in the middle of the night because I've dreamt that they're dying. But of course, I'm a professional, so I can't, I can't just jump out of bed and go to people like, hey, are you dying right now? So I don't do it. But every time I dream it. You're never going to go anywhere if you're going to take that type of dream and try to make it about yourself as a metaphor of like, oh, there's something that I'm struggling with. No, she just cares. And also in her sleep. Um, that happens, I think, more than we know because we don't really talk about dreams so much. So if I had a dream about you, for example, but we are not like, we, we, we know each other because of this podcast, but I don't know anything about your life. I would be a little bit hesitant to call you up and say, hey, I had this dream about you. Oh, no, Nicolene, please share whatever you dream about me with me. I want to know all of it. So future note, if you dream about me, please do let me know about it. Yeah, there's a, I think that's a good idea, because I think if if we talk about dreams a little bit more with each other, um, we'll probably notice that we care about each other, even in our sleeps a lot. Um, so that's, that's a completely different type of dream. Um, bonus points. If I dream about you, but it's not about you at all. Like, like I say, I dreamt you were moving. You're like, I'm not moving. I don't even have plans. Then I know, okay, that's probably about me then. <laughs> and then we can talk about that. And then you can say, so tell me more what happened in that dream. And you can help me unpack it a little bit, which is fantastic, but that's a different type of dream. And then there's the dreams of people who had a stressful event and are trying to process that, usually nightmares. And uh, sometimes when a person is, the event was too stressful, like for instance, PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, the nightmare just keeps continuing. That is harsh and really hard, but it's a completely different kind of experience. Um, um. And Nicolene, I want to stop you for a second. So would you yeah. say if somebody were speaking out aloud and from a dream after a very traumatic phase of their life that it is so another way of processing because um, post my divorce I would um, my my husband whom I'm married to now he's actually recorded a couple of nights of me talking in my sleep and I'm trying to process years and years of traumatic experiences. Um, that makes so much sense. Of course, I would always say you're the expert on that more than I am. So, but it makes a lot of sense that you say that. If it were happening to me, I would think that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's very human. It seems to be one of the main functions of dreaming to help us process things that were hard, but also things that were really good so that we can incorporate it and learn from everything that we experience. And one thing about that when we talk about different types of dreams, um, not everybody dreams the same way. So I've talked to a lot of people who say, I don't dream at all. But when I start asking them, could you please write down the first thing you think in the morning, then it's usually something interesting that they didn't even see coming. But there's no images, there's no sound, there's no emotions, there's just thoughts. That is 
usually fitting to that person's personality. It's usually not someone who in the day thinks in images as well. Musicians. I talk to a lot of musicians because I do a lot of radio interviews. And often there's also some music. And when there's live music, we chat backstage. You know how it goes. Often they say, you know what? I dream in music. Sometimes there's not even images. Sometimes there's nothing. There's just this beautiful, awesome music or this great idea or this song in my head. Other people wake up with the song in their head. Yes. You know, you're brushing your teeth, you're singing the song, you're not even paying attention. And suddenly you think, wait a minute, what are the lyrics to that song again? Huh, that's pretty on point to my life, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think sometimes I find when that song is stuck in my head and then I actually play it and it seems to inspire me in some way. It just wakes up some part of me which... Uh, helps me to work towards a bigger vision or something like that. Wow. I really like that you say that because I have that too. And that is exactly what I'm trying to tell people to do because you say it inspires you and all you have to do is just pay a little attention to it. That is so easy. And then the idea comes usually in the day. People say, when I think, uh, talk about um, thinking in your sleep and waking up with great ideas, I usually really mean that connection that you're making because it is very rare to wake up with this fully formed idea. I'm now going to make this amazing product and make millions of dollars. And that's my thing. That very rarely happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's, but it's sort of a hit and miss. But that you wake up with a, with a piece of the puzzle and you keep puzzling in the day that seems to be a very normal process that we all do and that we can enhance if we learn some tips and tricks and if we just even know that it happens in the first place. And I think that really makes sense to me because it's not, and I'm so glad you said this because you hear a lot of people talking about it, dream of this meaning this, dream of that meaning that. And what I'm hearing from a lot of experts like yourself is that it's really not so black and white in the world of dreams. It's highly individualized. Um, and uh, you're so right that those ideas that you wake up with, which probably get sparked in dreams, they're almost like potent seeds and they're not yet grown into the, they've not blossomed, but it's up to you and you've got that control to take that little potent seed and transform it into this huge tree uh, by working on it and nurturing it with the right soil and the right uh, nourishment. And that makes so much sense. And I would love for you to also tell us a little bit about uh, how can you go about, and I know you've told us a little bit about it, but how might you interpret your dreams? Is there a methodology or is there a way that we can work towards? Because obviously when you're talking about these concepts, many of us are not yet in a space where we know how to actually interpret or how to actually use these little sparks in a way that we can actually get more creative. I really like that metaphor of a little seed because it tells something else as well, which is not all seeds are viable. Like some things really you wake up and you think, 
no, that really doesn't make any sense. Because again, very creative doesn't always mean that it's applicable. Out of the box thinking doesn't always mean that it's brilliant. It just is very creative, you know, but sometimes it is. Or sometimes you can make something brilliant out of that idea. Um, as to your question, uh, yes, tips and tricks. Okay. Um, I like that you compare with the, the idea of, oh, I had a dream and now I have to look up what it means. I am fiercer about that than most dream experts that you'll talk to, because I really think that that is robbing yourself of your own creativity. All of your experience and your heart and your intuition and all of that is working when you're asleep together and then you wake up with something. Why would you ask someone else what that means? I like why would you grow this is this is coming from a place of intense calm and or maybe unrest or maybe but from you it would be it would be a little bit strange if um let's say if you're at work and you have a problem with your boss and you go to a friend later and you have a coffee together and you say oh i really can't stand my boss i wish i knew what to do and your friend would not ask any questions just tell you what to do it's like, oh, you should just do that. That would not be your friend for very longer. That would be the end of that conversation. But it probably would also be the end of you thinking about it. Or thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I should just do that. Oh, maybe she's right. Instead of thinking about what you want to do. Now, a good friend, and I'm using this metaphor for a reason, a good friend will ask you questions. They'll say, what actually happened? That's a good question for a dream. What happened? Why? because it helps people to give words to all of that inner turmoil. Usually there's a vague image, there's a feeling, there's all these things. If someone asks you and really wants to know, only do this with people who are good listeners, I'm telling you. But if something sits on your mind and you only had like a vague image with it, you start explaining what really happened. And someone says, yeah, but then, then what happened? And what did you do then? Turns out usually there's a bigger story behind it. There's an action. Second question that your friend will always ask you when you had a work problem is, okay, but how do you feel about that? Great question for a dream. Like, how did you feel? Because if you dream, for instance, of a big, big monster in your five, um, this is an actual example. I'm gonna give it to you because it's powerful. Um, I got this from a colleague of mine because her little girl dreamt of a monster. Mommy, mommy, I dreamt of a monster. He was four years old. She said, okay, and then what happened? And how did you feel about it? And she said, monster brushed my hair. It was nice. Oh. <laughs> if she didn't ask, she would never have known. She would have thought, oh, my kid dreamt of a monster. That's terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was a very sweet monster. Always ask about the feelings in the dream. That tells you so much. Now, you have the action and you have the feelings. What is a great question is, what does that make you think of? Because maybe you have something in your life that connects to. And you would also ask that really if you're a good friend, if your friend has a work problem. Because sometimes themes keep coming back in dreams but also in your life. So if I say, oh, my boss, I hate him. And someone asks me, okay, but what does that make you think of? I'm like, 
that's my dad. He did the same thing and I couldn't stand it. Wait a minute. Sometimes there's a connection that is deeper. Not always, but if your friend asks, then your brain is like coming up with the answer. If there is one, if the answer is, I don't know, I, nothing. Okay, that's fine. It's this interaction where you unpack the dream a little bit. And then the last thing that I think is so powerful, none of this is things that I made up deep on, but these, these are things that most people who work with dreams use because they're just really powerful. Um, is what would, you have, what would you like to change? Usually I don't ask what would you like to do because like with a work situation, um, that's the problem, they don't know. But if you could change anything in the world, what would you like to change? Just, it's a dream, make it up. Every, anything can happen. That usually pinpoints what the real problem is and what needs changing. And by now, you've already connected to something. You already know how you feel about it. You already know like what you did. So it could be something that you want to change about your own behavior or just not have that boss at all. Well, maybe it's time for a new job. But that answer is super personal and will tell you a lot about what you really want to do in your heart. Now, of course, you don't always have such a good friend. So... When you're on your own, what I usually do is just write down your dreams or your first thoughts for a week. Just don't even think about it. Just write it down. Take five minutes. Who cares? Still in bed because then it's like nice and fresh. Just or you can also like talk to your phone. I don't care. But just log it down. Don't even think about it. Take five, 10 minutes. Make sure that it's all out there on paper or recorded. And do that for a week. And then after that week, you have a little distance, so you're a little bit more objective, and you look back. And that's when you are basically your own friend, seeing, wait a minute, I keep saying the same word, stress, 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 maybe there's something more going on. I'm just making it up. But it's really nice to give yourself that space to write down what's really going on inside of you, and to just look over it and be like, okay, so this is it, is another way. I like personally talking to my friends the most, but I'm lucky because I've trained all of them exactly what to do and what to ask. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'd love for you to train me on what to ask and what to do with Nicolina. <laughs> we can do a series. <laughs> yes. That sounds fascinating. And in fact, I was just going to ask you about uh, how can our dreams actually help us and what can it do for us in daily life? And you've quite broken that apart into, uh, because there I do repeat, I do have repetitive dreams a lot and I'm always dreaming about being in the midst of expansive water or flying up into the sky like a bird. Uh, and I'd never I mean I've never looked up the meaning of any dream I think it means something personal to me and sometimes maybe I do try to prod it apart to think about what does it mean for me personally but I think some of these tools that you just guided as to write it down I'm going to start doing that because I think that I would be 
uh, extremely um, keen to peek into a little more that deep space of my dreams. Uh, is there anything you'd like to tell us before we, and I'm definitely going to have you back for another one on how to actually ask these questions. So stay warned that you'll be back. <laughs> I'm game. I like it. <laughs> so you were asking, sorry. Yes, I was just asking you, is there something that you'd like to leave us with in terms of how can we use our dreams to problem solve and get more creative? So maybe you could wrap up our conversation with some um, final words. Yes, um, I would, I have tons of tips on how to be, uh, to be more creative. Um, like a lot of people, for instance, if they have a problem that they really want to work at, they write it down right before they uh, just just in the day, they just write it down. And then they put that piece of paper like under your pillow or something. It doesn't matter. But it's like the fact that you think about it right before you fall asleep um, is, a, is a nice kickstart for your brain. There's actually research on how, a lot of research on how to kickstart your brain, which I won't tell you all about because that could be a whole episode. But one of the things that I've noticed works really well is if you're writing down the problem and like really thinking about it in the day, like you, let's say I'm starting a new project and I don't want to mess up. What is the one thing I need to keep focusing on? That needs some creative thinking that, right there, but it's also not a very obvious thing. That's something I would want to ask my intuition. When I'm writing it down and working on that project, I usually have a little nice uh, scent diffuser next to my computer. I like lavender. Now I'll tell you why. Because that creates a scent association with, oh, I love that, um, with the thing that I'm working on. So now I have an association between, uh, of course, I don't use that scent then the old of the rest of the day just for the work, right? Um, so now whenever I smell it, I'll think about work. That's how that works. And then here comes the trick. I put that scent next to my bed because when I'm asleep, I can't help but smell it, which means that all of my creative thinking in the sleep, is going to be a little bit pulled towards that thing that I'm trying to work on. Now, in the morning, I of course don't want to lose all of those thoughts. The first thing before I even get up is I write down all of the ideas that I have and then I get up. And then in the afternoon, when I work on the project again, I look at what I've wrote, what I've written, and I keep working on it, if there's anything good. And I could just repeat that over and over again until the project is done, which is super fascinating. This is something that I'm helping people with because it's not something we learn at school. And there's tons of little things because, of course, what is a good question to ask? Um, how do you know if something is a good idea or not? Um, what if you have this really big dream and you feel there's a great idea about the product that you're working on, but you just can't grab it? That's where I come in. I help people do that so that it's applicable and so that I can train you so that you don't need me anymore. Um, I'm actually setting up a whole new website right now just about this. It's called thinkinginyoursleep.com. Just the thinking in your sleep. Um, and it. I'm going to put all this information there. Love it. Because it's so fun. Here's the thing, Deepa, what if we all know this? Like we all know how to do math. We all know how to spell and read and write. What if it's, this is maybe just the next life skill that in 20 years, 
we all know how to do. And we just all do. Of course, have you slept on it? Well, go back and sleep on it some more. Don't talk to me before you did. What if that was the reality? That I think would be a great way to connect our complete intuitive thinking and our rational thinking and make us just a little bit smarter and more productive is what I feel. That's awesome, Nicolene. I want to be here 10 years down the line when that actually happens and we're going to have a conversation about that because that sounds brilliant. Uh, I mean, you're a visionary if you're talking about these concepts because this is radical thinking, which we're not really, we're not anywhere near that. And you need to celebrate yourself as that radical thinker. And I love that you use that tool of, um, lavender because I truly believe and I've read some of that research which talks about how powerful uh, smell is linked to memories and uh, so that, I mean that just sounds like a great way to actually I'm going to do that because I do put the lavender at my table when I'm thinking about my work and but I don't actually take it with me to my bed so I want to do that and see what actually happens with my dreams um, and I know we are really running out of time because we've spoken such interesting things and uh, I do probably think we should conclude this conversation so any final words um, actually, I just want to thank you for, uh, because yes, I'm a visionary. Yes, I'm on a mission, but it's easy to be a visionary. This thing that I talk about, like thinking in your sleep, I've been doing it since I was born. So I come up with all of these ideas. My problem is how to pick the one, you know, um, <laughs> but thank you for helping me because I'm, I am on a little bit of a mission. I really want to show people that we're not just productive when we're doing something. We're actually maybe the most productive when we're resting. So I'm kind of on a mission to um, put sleep in a better perspective. Like we all know that it's bad if you don't do it. I'm telling you how amazing it is if you do make the most of your sleep because it might be your best thinking time. I was just going to ask you, Nicoline, to complete our show mantra because we have all our guests conclude this statement. So I want you to conclude it. If sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete it? Ooh, then I think there would be a lot less mistakes made. There's research on that. And I think we'd be in a world with a lot of good decision-making and new ideas. That's what I think. That's perfect, Nicolene. So where do people find you? Is it the website that you mentioned when we were speaking just now? Or what's the one space that you'd like people to go to to know a lot more about this? Well, you can always find me at thinkinginyoursleep.com. And uh, my Instagram is also thinkinginyoursleep or Nicolina Dawesisama. I know it's long to remember, um, but my DMs are open. I love to talk about these things. So if you have questions, I'm absolutely not promising that I will answer immediately because I get so many questions, but I do love to read them all. Perfect, Nicolene. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm so glad I waited months to have you on the show. It was totally worth it. 
and uh, I'm going to definitely bug you again for another conversation. But it was great to have you here today. Thank you so much and for your amazing questions. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. 